We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, if you didn't know by now, you're going to know it. Because Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta is legitimately a giant liar. And he's quite proud of it, Bobby. Yeah, he sure is. And EDC went on the lounge, the Ravens team podcast, where he revealed some of his most recent lies and even pranked the podcast hosts with a completely straight face. And they fell for it. You're not going to want to miss this. It was hilarious. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Wednesday, May 10th. And this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. So in that same interview with the lounge, EDC dove even deeper into Patrick Queen's future with the organization and even had a message for those who feel like the drafting of Trenton Simpson doesn't bode well for PQ's immediate future. Plus, we'll continue our drafted rookie profiles. And up next is the fifth rounder, cornerback Caillou Blue Kelly. We've got the story of how he first found himself on the Ravens radar and the video game that he's developing for Microsoft. We have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. So, Sarah, Ravens GM Eric DaCosta was on the team's podcast, The Lounge, as you heard there at the top. And I know you kind of felt like there was one overall theme that stood out to you the most uh, throughout the duration of that 45-minute conversation. Yeah, Bobby, there was definitely a theme. And that theme is that EDC is a giant liar. And Bobby, (laughs) watching it go down is kind of freaky. It is freaky how good he is at just deception. He had my mind spinning by the end of the interview and By the way, I'm not saying this is a criticism of Eric, although um, some of my kids listen to this podcast. I do not condone lying whatsoever, but EDC, yeah, he's clearly proud of how much confusion and chaos he can create with his lies because, as we all know, secrecy is a massive part of the draft and other moves in free agency. Okay, so there's three examples during this one interview, right, that Eric's basically throwing around all kinds of confusing smoke. And the first was on a topic that we covered quite a bit leading up to the draft. And that was the reported interest that was out there 
that he and the Ravens had in wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Now, unsurprisingly, EDC would not reveal whether he genuinely was talking with him in the Cardinals, but he did have this to say. Anytime, <laughs> you know, you can create a little distraction, then you, you should. I mean, the draft is the ultimate chess match, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm aware of that. You know, uh, I think that was my uh, 19th draft that I've run. So there's a lot of experience there. And th there is a game. It's a game within a game. It's other teams trying to figure out what you're going to do. It's people in the media trying to figure out what you're going to do so that they can tell other people in the league, you know, which happens quite a bit. So, uh, you know, I look at it as uh, secrecy times 10. And uh, one of the more paramount things is just me knowing what we're going to do and no one else truly knowing what we're going to do. If you hear that the Ravens are doing something, <laughs> be very skeptical of that. <laughs> if you think you know what we're doing, be skeptical. If you think you know what another team is doing, be skeptical. Because no team has a vested interest in putting their moves out there publicly. So if you start reading these mock drafts and you see players going to that team consistently, be skeptical. Now, sometimes maybe you actually tell the truth. Well, so Steve told me a couple of years ago, Steve Bishotti, we were talking about the nature of a GM. And he said to me, you know, you don't want to be pigeonholed as being super aggressive, mm -hmm. making a move. But you also don't want to be super conservative. You should be both at various times. Mm -hmm. And that really resonated with me. And so what I would say, you know, extrapolating that to the draft is sometimes I'm going to tell the truth. <laughs> sometimes I'm going to lie. <laughs> because if I always lie, then people are going to know I'm lying. Right, exactly. If I always tell the truth, people are going to know I'm telling the truth. I mean, that really is the best way to deceive, right? I mean, you have to tell the truth sometimes and then lie other times. And I remember, just as an example, Bobby, I remember when he said it was like disrespectful to ask if he was going to draft. It was disrespectful to the wide receivers to keep asking about drafting wide receivers. And then a few weeks later, he picked Rashad Bateman in the first round, <laughs> you know, so he was kind of clearly lying there. And then he said he could draft Tyler Lindebaums despite his size. He said that last year and then he did. So he told the truth there. And then other times he just keeps things quiet. You know, none of us knew about the Hollywood Brown trade before it happened. And he actually said in this podcast there with the guys on the lounge, he said that uh, he essentially had the Lamar Jackson deal done on the Monday before the draft, but they only let it be known a few hours before the first round. So it's all secrecy, smoke, some and with sprinkled with a little bit of truth in between. Okay, on to the next example of EDC's deceit. Uh, again, this was in the seventh round of the draft last month, as we've covered. Despite everyone predicting that he would, Eric never traded back during the first six rounds to garner extra picks. And once he used up all five at his disposal, this is hilarious. He purposely conducted the end of draft press conference just to make people think he was actually done. But of course, as we all know, he ended up trading a future 2024 pick in order to get back into the end of the draft to select offensive lineman Andrew Voris, a guard at a USC. Normally, we would probably do the press conference when we're done. Right. You know, when we <laughs> That's what I thought. Like, they but must I be knew done. that we weren't done, and I thought it would be kind of fun <laughs> because 
I still felt like, you know, the media, they just couldn't, they, they were surprised and they were like, oh, you guys didn't make any trades. And so I, I was making jokes with Chad beforehand. I'm like, they're going to ask me about these trades. And I said, they're going to be really surprised because I'm going to make a trade. You know, <laughs> I'm going to go down there and they're going to think the draft is over and then we're going to jump back in. Now, on this example, EDC did give a small clue in the pressure that he still might get back in via a trade. But at the time, most everyone took it as a throwaway line or one of those times where you have GM speak, like you have coach speak. But he was ending up telling the truth. All right. So moving on to the third example, Bobby, we have saved the best one for last. This is the one that freaked me out the most in terms of how Eric can just lie with a straight face. And I'm telling you, if you want to go back and watch it, uh, it's a completely straight face. So listen to this as Garrett Downing and Ryan Mink ask about fourth round pick Tavius Robinson. Yeah. So it's a really interesting story with Tavius. So he really goes back to, um, our old special teams coach, Jerry Rosberg. Okay. And so, uh, you know, Jerry's son, Jared, is a hockey player. And so years ago, you know, Jerry said to me, hey, there's a goalie in Ottawa. This kid's unbelievable. He's a six foot five, 215-pound goalie, and he's, he's going to revolutionize hockey. Like, they can't get the puck past him. <laughs> I'm a big hockey guy. Okay. You know, I'm a big Bruins guy. So sure enough, I look him up, and his name is, is Tavius Robinson. And, you know, he's got a huge wingspan. And he's literally just plucking the ball out of the air. And he can't get the puck by him. And I was like, man, this guy would be a, a, a freaky uh, outside linebacker. Next thing you know, he ends up, you know, at Ole Miss. And the rest is history. That's crazy. So when you when you see him at Ole Miss, are you like, is that the is that the goalie? Like, like well, he yeah. knew. But well, I'm saying, we, like, you, we knew. Yeah, I saw him. I, I know who that is, you know. That's crazy. So when did Jerry first bring that up? He didn't. I made the whole story up. Oh, my. <laughs> EDC, quite literally, may just have the best poker face of all time. That was hilarious. And I don't know how he went on so seriously. It was like it was scripted, as if he had a teleprompter in front of him or something. But, uh, oh, that was good. Still to come here on the vault, though. EDC opened up more about Patrick Queen's future in Baltimore. We're going to get into all that coming up in topic two. Stay tuned. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Bobby. So in that same interview, courtesy of the lounge, 
Eric DaCosta dove deeper into Patrick Queen's future with the organization, given that the team just declined his fifth-year option earlier this month. Right, which, as we know, did not come as a surprise knowing how much they doled out for Roquan Smith's acquisition last year, which made him the highest-paid off-ball linebacker league-wide. But, Sarah, just as Jeff Zarevic suggested in his piece via The Athletic this week, we did our Tuesday morning vault on, on this, or at least mentioned it, uh, there was a lot more to Baltimore's decision on PQ than solely basing it off his on-field play. Listen to this. The fifth-year option was something that was more based on business and the economics, the salary cap economics, than actually Patrick Queen, than yeah. actually his performance and what he does as a player. He's a difference maker for us. And we had Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith last year. Over the last half of the season, we had a chance to see how dominant our defense could be. So now for us, the appealing thing is getting Trenton in here with everything that he can do as a blitzer on third downs off the edge, uh, his special team's ability. It's really just us adding another fast, physical, smart linebacker to the mix and giving our chance on defense to be the best we can be. All right, so Roquan and PQ were so dominant last year that they combined to record 150 tackles, three and a half sacks, two interceptions, and two fumble recoveries. And don't forget, it's not like they played with each other the entire year. That was from November on after Smith's trade. Now, as we've discussed already, much like Mike McDonald was able to do last year with safeties, Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams, and Chuck Clark, you know, all those guys at his disposal, perhaps the Ravens can find ways to incorporate Smith, Queen, and rookie Trenton Spinda packages that allow all three to be on the field together at the same time. Sarah, EDC sounds adamant that he wants that to happen and that that will happen. You know, people want to like jump to conclusions and, oh, he's going to replace Patrick. Well, I can tell you this Patrick Queen had a hell of a year last year. And Patrick Queen is a very talented, in my mind, Pro Bowl type linebacker. And um, he's going to have a great year this year. And we want Patrick Queen on this team. We want to keep him on this team. We will, uh, at some point, try to get him signed, hopefully, to an extension if we can. So there's no question, hey, I was one of those people EDC's referring to, right? <laughs> Go back and listen. But at the same time, if I learned anything from what you just covered in topic one, do not always believe everything you hear when it comes to Eric DaCosta. That's for dang sure, okay? Maybe I have that on my side. But with that said... We've already discussed this. We'll mention it again. It's in PQ's best interest to stick around for another year, ball out alongside the NFL's highest paid off-ball linebacker, and see what happens next March, right? If he has the stellar year that many are predicting, including his GM, I don't really know why Baltimore would pay another top-tier linebacker contract while having Simpson on his rookie deal. But at least PQ at that point will have put out great tape for 31 other teams of which one could be a good fit. So anyway, there is that. Obviously something to monitor. He's been super quiet this offseason. We know he scrubbed his social media. Who knows? He also congratulated basically with a quote tweet within the last couple of weeks uh, of Trenton Simpson's draft day call. So perhaps everything's fine, and I'm speculating. But before we get to topic three, here's more from EDC on what went into Trenton's selection. Well, first, you know, he's an explosive player. He's played a lot of different roles on their defense. Um, he's used a lot. He's a very athletic player he can cover he can rush he can blitz he can play the run he's an outstanding special teams guy you know we didn't go into the third round thinking 
oh, we're going to take Trenton Simpson. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a board of, there were a lot of good players up there still. And in a span of about 15 picks, a lot of the players that we coveted were gone. And he was the last guy up there that we felt was a true, legitimate difference maker. Okay, Sarah, we've been doing our drafted rookie profiles, but we got a little thrown off our schedule with so much content over the last several episodes. So why don't we pick it up where we left off and learn more about fifth-round cornerback out of Stanford, Caillou Blue Kelly. Yeah, okay, so Kelly was a four-year starter out of Stanford, and he stands in at six foot, 190 pounds, and he led the Pac-12 with 12 passes defended. So, yeah, pretty talented coming out of that uh, conference. And, Bobby, he can play both zone and man coverage well, and he has an NFL pedigree as his dad, who is Brian Kelly. He played 11 seasons in the NFL, and I can tell you that that always does factor in with the Ravens and their scouting. They love football to be in their players' blood. And you know what? He's going to be thrown into a big competition at cornerback with several other mid-round picks in the group, and that includes Pepe Williams and Jalen Armour Davis, who were both drafted just last year in those middle rounds. And you know what, though? Caillou did get off to a good start, leaving a strong impression on head coach John Harbaugh from the rookie minicamp over the weekend. I would say even... With him, you know, he looks really good. I would say just for me personally, even a little more athletic than I thought, you know, from the draft on the tape. He looks really, really fluid. So, Sarah, on draft night, if, if I'm not mistaken, there was some of Caillou's college film making the rounds on social, and he went head-to-head -head against Jordan Addison, who was also selected in the first round at the wide receiver position, not the cornerback position. So what do you have there? Yeah, so obviously that that film against Addison, that really bodes well for Caillou Kelly. He looked, he looked great against him. And you know what? The first time he made it on Ravens director of college scouting David Blackburn's radar was something similar from earlier in his career. It was when Caillou Blue Kelly went against Drake London one-on-one. -on -one. And as we all know, London ended up being selected number eight overall in the 2022 draft. So here's David Blackburn on that. My first exposure to him outside of practice was I attended a live game uh, in 21. It was at USC, early season game, and they had Drake London. And he impressed me because he basically went toe-to-toe -to -toe with a future top 10 pick and did more than hold his own, um, got his hands on two or three PBUs, had a, a pick six later in the game to kind of ice it. So that was kind of a statement game, and it, it stood out as far as like an exposure where a guy was able to to really uh, uh, step out there and, and, and uh, make, a, make a lasting impression on me. So throughout that process, that's your basis, you know, that's your baseline from, you're like, man, well, if he's doing that, he's going to be able to do it in the league. And, you know, I actually thought that if he had came out last year, he would have easily been a day two pick, in my opinion. Um, but I'm happy to get him in the fifth round right now. And one last thing here, Bobby. Some of you may have heard that Caillou has developed a video game from Microsoft. <laughs> it's not every day that you hear that a football player is doing that. But apparently a movie is coming out uh, that they wanted to make into a video game. And Caillou was the one to storyboard it out and get it going. So listen to this from Caillou himself until his dad cuts him off in the middle of his interview before he gave too much away on the upcoming movie and video game. Uh, I can't I can't talk too much about the movie, but the video game is if you can think of uh, 
like a SEAL Team 6 that travels back in time to stop people from trying to change historic events. So let's say somebody trying to redirect, uh, I'm saying too much, but yeah, that's the, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the whole scope. No, but it's just like a talking. time travel SEAL Team 6. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And before we fly, some other quick news items, beginning with this, also from Eric DaCosta's recent interview with The Lounge. He says he feels like Rashad Bateman is going to, quote, blow up this year after being limited to playing in just 18 games over his first two NFL seasons. In other news, the Ravens are giving media availability to their football school tomorrow, which will allow the media to watch and video players on field. It will also feature a presser with new offensive coordinator Todd Munkin at 11.15 again later this morning. And finally, ahead of Thursday night's annual NFL schedule release, we'll learn more about several specific games at some point today, including the international slate of games. Of course, Baltimore has appeared in just one international game in team history, which of course was the infamous 44-7 blowout to Jacksonville back in 2017 in London. So be on the lookout. They could very well get one of those games this fall. And okay, I lied. Just one more before we close, and it's your daily dose of Marlon Humphrey's Twitter. He tweeted out this on Tuesday, quote, I was going to go support the Orioles tonight, but the conditioning test had other plans. I passed, but I'm tired, boss, close quote. Telling you, Bobby, that conditioning test is no joke. All right, well, thank you for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. So if you've been enjoying our content, please consider joining one of our membership platforms at patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. Now, as you know, we have been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation. And with your membership support, you'll help keep us churning out daily Ravens content for years to come. And a special shout out to two of our returning patrons this month, James Wiley and D Black. We appreciate you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore. We'd also love to hear from everyone, whether you're a patron or not, with comments, questions, or if you'd ever be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com. In the meantime, and that is all the time we've got today, but be sure to mark your calendars accordingly and consider joining us for our Thursday night live stream. We're going to be covering the Ravens 2023 NFL regular season schedule release. We kick things off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to go right up until 10 o'clock. <laughs>